Welcome to your Wellspring Wednesday. My name is Sarah, a certified trauma recovery coach with Full Circle Wellspring. There is no one-size-fits-all healing process designed for trauma survivors. The truth is, each of us has to individually tap into our inner Wellspring to find a regimen that works. These episodes are dedicated to finding, exploring, and using those inner resources that I believe all survivors have in order to live their best healed life. Let's get started. Today's episode is unnecessary. I speak a lot about coping skills on these episodes. So it's really important to acknowledge and honor your coping skills. Whatever regulation methods your body has been using, mechanisms of safety and comfort, and anything that brought you even a bit of peace while you endured what you endured, those are coping skills. The cool thing about the brain is that when something works, it can stop looking for ways to accomplish the end result. For instance, it wouldn't need to spend energy keeping you calm in stressful situations if it found that food or medication temporarily did that for you throughout your teen years enduring an abusive foster home. The saying that neurons that fire together wire together is true. Now when your brain picks up the cue of overwhelm like it did during your teenage span, it can just temporarily pacify your nervous system with binge eating because that was working then. The brain thinks, problem solved, and it can file that tool in the use again next time that overwhelm starts to spike. This doesn't matter to the brain if the overwhelm came from a perceived unreal fear, stress from prepping for a college exam, a sighting of a lookalike to your abuser at the grocery store, or your boss asking you to work overtime. The feeling is the same, so the firing sets off to go wire that emotion to binge eating to dull the sense of the overwhelm. And this is true for every coping skill. It started out as a high-functioning, adaptive mechanism for your traumatic situation. It was helpful, usable, and had well-intended purpose. Now you are in the place of your healing where you're recognizing not only the after effects of the original traumas, but also the after effects of the coping skills. This is where the journey gets a little intense and I'm speaking from experience. Taking a further step back, looking at your trauma, you can now recognize that the coping skills you've adapted are no longer helpful. In fact, they've become unnecessary in reality even if your brain still stamps them as works just fine. Some of these coping skills you'll begin to see have become unhealthy along with being unnecessary. This is where you start examining the after effects of the coping tools themselves. So for instances, binge eating may have started to cause GI or other biological issues. A substance misuse tool to numb might now have led to dangerous drugs with dangerous consequences. Self-harm may have kept you grounded during your trauma, but now just may be an obsession anytime you feel triggered that's causing scarring or infection. Overworking kept you from the house from your narcissistic spouse, but now it's keeping you from finding a new relationship or enjoying the time you have with your children. Keeping you away from potential abuse using strong trust issues 
may now cause social isolation problems or lack of healthy intimacy and on and on and on the list can go. See, your brain wasn't caring about future effects of your coping skills back when it was just trying to keep you alive. Its concern wasn't specific to the quality of your life. It was just making sure you could survive beyond the trauma. That was the goal then. So now outside of the trauma, these are exactly the type of discoveries that are available for you to work on and through. Sussing out unnecessary coping skills, the mechanisms of survival that no longer serve you, this is a great way to explore where they came from. Where did they stem from? What was the origin of the tool? Why did your brain feel like it still needs to use it when it's under duress? In this, it is imperative that we don't confuse the brain by using the word unnecessary in a hurtful way though. I find it very important to the intrapersonal bridge and your self-trust building for your brain to know that you aren't saying the skill itself was always unnecessary. Part of the internal healing is to find gratitude for your adaptive coping during the trauma and to be really thankful that you had the comfort, the safety, the protector and the numbing tool available. If you spend some time really thanking the once useful tool and your brain for creating it, you will find that this part of you can relax when it's time to tell it that it's no longer needed. This is where you wanna find gentle ways of exploring the now unnecessary mechanism, really rooting around to let it help you with your deep healing, asking it what it wants you to know and why it's there and making peace with this once important job that it had in your life. From there, it's much easier to call it unnecessary and to dethrone its role in your life now. Once you've built a relationship with this coping skill or protector, if you're following IFS language, you can now let it know some of the consequences it is creating in your life, some of the negative after effects, and letting it know how and why it's no longer serving you why it's no longer needed. Sometimes this looks like it truly not being needed because the part of you it was trying to protect you from, like severe pain, suffering, potential harm, shame, fear, being hurt by your family, maybe that threat itself is no longer a threat. Yet sometimes it means that the threat might still be there sometimes, but that you'd rather not use this particular tool anymore because it's unhealthy to your overall well-being. This is where we supplant maladaptive tools for new healthy ones like exercise, emotional release, a coaching relationship, singing, breath work, travel, boundaries, work-life balance, writing, etc. Each person will be different as to how to handle these old coping skills. Many clients need to continue using their coping mechanisms during the first part of coaching while they're unpacking all of the bitter turmoil of their past. If you still need it, then listen to your body and use it if you feel you must. However, there will come a time in your journey where it will be time to put down a burdening pack of stuff and leave it on the trail as you march forward. That's where support from a coach or a therapist is really helpful to know when know how, and to follow through. If you have questions about this episode, any of the IFS language that was used here, or you want to learn more about unburdening and deep inner healing, feel free to reach out with a message. I'll resource you and help advocate for you as you work to find your footing on your own trauma recovery road.
Thank you for joining me for today's episode of Trauma Survivorhood. This has been written and created by your host, Sarah, a trauma recovery coach. For more info about me, trauma recovery resources, or to check out our support groups, classes, free survivor circles, private coaching, and more, visit www.fullcirclewellspring.com. Schedule a complimentary 20-minute discovery call to see if coaching is right for you. For the latest info on schedules and updates, follow us on Facebook at Full Circle Wellspring. All other media, social links, blogs, and show notes are posted in the episode guide below. Until next time, be well, survivors.